everyone. This is the Extra Point Podcast with the College Football Experience. We are the College Football Experience. It's a little different episode today, man. It is a solo episode with just me, Gus, and this is podcast only. We are kind of moving to podcast only platform for right now as life gets busy for all of us. So, but I still want to bring y'all a episode breaking down our college football pickums. We did not bring y'all an episode last week, so I just want to review the standings from last week. Cleet, Cleet Miller finished first last week with a 9-1 and record with 50 points. Let me see. Cody finished fourth with a 8-2 and record, 42 points. Will finished 10th, 6-4 and record, 38 points. And I kind of went for it last week. Kind of had a Really bad week. I went three and seven with 20 points, but I was already about 15 points behind. So I picked teams like Texas A&M at 10 last week and just some super odd picks. Like um, I picked Notre Dame to win, but that wasn't an odd pick. Um, I picked Missouri to win. I picked Washington State to win. So I kind of went out on a limb for some of these teams and it came back to bite me. But that's just the nature of the pickums. But Overall, for the season, our friend Nick Burek is in first place with a record of 45-15. and 15. That is the best record in the league, 260 points. One of our guests we had on, Logan Hood, the 2022 champion, is 43-17, and 17, 251 points. That's good enough for third place. Will Smith, our two-time champion that was also on the podcast earlier this season is 40 and 20 with 249 points that is best good for sixth place will is 41 and 19 for 250 points that's good for fourth place and i am 36 and 24 that is good for 219 points and good for 13th place but I'm going to have a bounce back week this week. It's a really interesting slate for week seven. So let's go ahead and dive in real quick. The first game that I want to look at is Florida versus South Carolina. This is a really interesting matchup. South Carolina last year did not score an offensive touchdown in the swamp, but this is in Willie B. This is in William Bryce. We all know that Florida this year and under the coach Napier tenure has really struggled on the road. So this will be a really interesting matchup. Can Florida kind of be able to buck the trend of their poor road performances? They were able to get right last week at home versus Vandy, South Carolina. The last time that we really saw them, they struggled on the road at Tennessee. So it'll be interesting. This game, South, South Carolina opened as about a, two and a half point favorite. So I'll be interested. I really want to see how the Florida offense does on the road because this is going to be a Haas hostile environment. It's a three thirty kickoff. So this, this isn't three thirty on CBS though. So this is not the sec game of the week. We will break that one down later, but I, but I want to see the Florida offense be able to kind of come out and us and assert their dominance. And I also want to see this Florida defense come out and really because we all know how bad South Carolina's offensive line has been through throughout the season. So I just want to see Florida come out and continue that trend for the South Carolina 
offensive line. And then for South Carolina, you got to le- continue to lean on their quarterback, Spencer Rattler, in a big home environment. Man, so this is going to be a tight game. Just because of how Florida has performed on the road, I don't think South Carolina is a more talented team, but until Florida proves to me they can go on the road and win a road game, I'm going to be picking against them on the road. I have been burned by them twice this year at Utah and at Kentucky. So now since I'm going to pick against them, it'll it'll be interesting to see if I get burned again by the Florida Gators. I would lean South Carolina in this game. They have the better quarterback. So I would lean them, and it is at home in a wild environment in Willie B. Next, we're going to move on to Kansas versus Oklahoma State. This is a big game in the Big 12. This is also at 3.30. Um, Kansas is on the road at Oklahoma State, who's coming off a big win against Kansas State. Some some people kind of saw it coming, but, but it was a shock for a bunch of people just for how bad Oklahoma State has looked at times this year. Man, this is a tricky game because um, I'm not too sure the last um, if Jalen Daniels is going to be able to go for Kansas. I I haven't been able to find anything on that as of right now. But if I would say if Jalen Daniels is playing for Kansas, I would lean Kansas just because he is a phenomenal quarterback, one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country. So I would I would lean them. But hey, this is in this is in Stillwater. We were able to see what Kansas State could not do when they went into Stillwater last weekend. So can Kansas go in there and do something that their in-state rivals couldn't? I will be interested. I'll I'll be interested to also see if Oklahoma State can replicate their efficiency and their performance from that Kansas State game. Just because I think it's a do-down spot for Oklahoma State, and if Jalen Daniels is coming back, um, I'm probably going to lean Kansas here, take the road favorite, which which is scary. I hate taking a, a road favorite because that's just a recipe to lose. But it'll be interesting, and I am going to go with the Kansas Jayhawks in this one. Lance Leipold going to go on the road and get it done against Mike Gundy. This is going to be the game of the week. Oregon at Washington, 3.30. I think this is on ABC. I could be wrong. This could be on ESPN. I don't see why this would not be on ABC, though. College game day is going to be there as well. Oregon is about a three-point dog on the road, so that's just home field advantage being given to Washington, man, I wish I could be at this game. I've always wanted to go to Husky Stadium because being down here in the South, we always hear about how how loud it truly gets up up there. And I've just never been a real believer of it. But hey, I'm I'm just gonna have to get up there and I'm gonna have to see for myself. And in the meantime, I'm just gonna have to trust people that have gone. But Let's kind of break this game down, man. These are two high-powered offenses, man. Two of the best offenses in the whole entire country with Bo Nix leading Oregon and the Heisman frontrunner right now, Michael Penix Jr. leading the Huskies. I was on 
I was on both of these guys coming into the season, picked picked Bo Nix to win the Heisman. But right now, the favorite is Michael Penick. I think he's like plus plus 200. And I think I think Bo Nix is like third to win the Heisman behind Penix and Caleb Williams. But these are two high-flying offenses. Man, this is going to be a shootout of a game. Absolute shootout of a game. I really want to see Oregon kind of assert their dominance here. They they are the more physical team on the defensive side of the ball. But if you remember in last year's game, Washington didn't have any problems with them. They were able to score. I think they scored like 37 on them. I think this game finished 37-34 in Autzen last year. But Onyx did go down in this game last year. So um, I, th- I think there will be a, a fire lit under him to kind of get revenge this year and show that if he wouldn't have gone down last year, that the outcome maybe would have been just a little bit different, man. But I really look at this Oregon defense to show up and try to contain and corral this Washington offense who has shown um, when they went on the road to Arizona last week. No, not last week, the week before, because these two teams were off last week. Um, the, the, the week before last that they are containable, that they are kind of gettable. So it'll be interesting to see if that Oregon defense can step up and win the day but of course but but Bo Nix is going to have to perform I think this game is going to come down to which quarterback makes the first mistake and makes the biggest mistake um, because these guys can get kind of wild with the ball sometimes so it'll it'll be interesting if the home crowd plays a factor too man and those Washington those Washington wide receivers, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen J- J- McMillan, they are some dogs. They are going to get after you, absolutely get after you. So I will so I'll be interested to see how this game plays out. So just I'm just gonna stick to my guns with this game, and I'm going to pick the ducks here to get the job done. I think these are the two best teams in the Pac 12. I think we could be getting this game i think we could get it more than once this year i I think this could be your pack 12 championship game as well so i will take oregon to win the first matchup but i could definitely see the argument for washington as well but i'm gonna stick to my guns i'm gonna go with the ducks moving on to the cbs game of the week texas a&m coming off of a second loss to alabama going on the road to Tennessee. Tennessee is a slight favorite in this game, but that is just due to home field advantage, which we know Neyland Stadium can really be. Man, if I'm Texas A&M, I am trying to recreate the game plan that Florida had for Tennessee because we know Tennessee really loves to run the football this year. And that's in part to just their philosophy kind of shifting de- depending on the quarterback that they have in there. Joe Milton has all the talent in the world, but he's just not been able to consistently put it together down the field like they need him to. So they've really kind of shifted that identity to more of a running team. The 
the last I checked, they led the SEC in rushing yards per game. So that is just a 180 shift from what we have been used to from Tennessee under quarterbacks like Hendon Hooker. And I th- I think that that kind of plays into the Texas A&M plan. I mean, they they have the dogs up front on that defensive front seven to stop the run. So I think if I was Texas A&M, I would really try to implement that Florida game plan, keeping everything in front of you, stopping the running game, and making Joe Milton beat you with his arm down the field, which the Texas A&M secondary has shown to be kind of leaky at times. That is a weak point of their of their defense. But if they're able to get a good pass rush too, that would kind of help negate their leaky secondary. So, man, I I hate picking so so many road teams, especially Texas A&M coming off of a heartbreaking loss because you don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know how what's going on in, what's going on in the locker room. You really don't know the vibe that's going on in the locker room. How how are they going to respond? going on the road in a hostile environment after you just lose your Super Bowl. Mm. This this is a tough game to pick. This this one's definitely going to be super low for me in my confidence. But just, just because of what Texas A&M has up front on the defensive side of the ball, I lean, I lean Texas A&M. And, I mean, they they have the wide receivers. They, they have the quarterback. I would love to see their running game be able to get going just a little bit more than what we saw last week versus Alabama, but I think Alabama's the best defense in the SEC. So I'll be really interested to see if they can run the ball on this Tennessee defense. Florida sure was able to. Um, so I'll – and I think, like I've said, that Texas a will really look at that game and stay – I think we can implement this game plan. We have the better players than Florida does, so I think we could be able to do it better. So I could really see this game being kind of just a in-the-trenches, super grimy, super gritty game that Texas A&M finds a way to win at the end of the game. So I, w- I will be picking Texas A&M probably low um, of, of about the one or the two slot. Moving on. Iowa at Wisconsin. Man, I'll, I had so much excitement ab- about this game coming into the season. But, man, this is going to be an ugly game. Like, this is going to be an ugly, ugly game. I think the total, the last time I checked, it was like, it was either 36 and a half or 38 and a half. I'm pretty sure it was 36 and a half. This is just going to be such an ugly game. Two teams where the offenses really aren't that great. The 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 Iowa offense is a joke. It's an absolute joke. I don't even know why they play offense there. I absolutely hate it. It's disgusting in every way, form, or fashion. And they have their backup quarterback in now because Cade McNamara went down with a season-ending ACL injury. And they're on the road. Camp Randall Stadium, one of the most slept-on environments in all of college football. And just because it's on the road, it's versus Wisconsin, I might be wrong for picking picking Wisconsin, 
but I'm going with the Badgers here at home. They, I think they have the better quarterback in, in Tanner Mordecai, who hasn't been anything to write home about this season, um, the transfer from SMU. But I'm going with Luke Fickle and the Wisconsin Badgers to get it done at home in this game. This one will probably be some, somewhere between four to six for me. And I just can't wait to watch this game. It's going to be so ugly, so gritty, so grimy. I think this is also for the Big Ten West. I think the winner of this game will go on to represent them in Indianapolis in the first weekend in December. So I am excited to see who wins this game. Come Coming back down south, man, we have the Tiger Bowl, man. My Auburn Tigers going on the road to Baton Rouge to face LSU, man. This has always been a really such a tough place for Auburn to play. I think we've won once there since the year 1999. So in my so in my living memory, I've only been able to see my Tigers win there one time, and that was in 2021 with Bo Nix going in there and wreaking havoc on the LSU Tigers. But man, I'm I'm super excited for this game. But I don't think Auburn's going to win. I think that LSU was able to go on the road last week. They were able to get such a tough, gritty win to kind of bring more cohesiveness back to that team, bring more cohesiveness back to that locker room to be able to go on the road and get a win like that versus a ranked Missouri team. Just a really gritty win. Finding a way to win, even whenever your defense is just like their defense is like water running through a chain link fence. It ain't stopping nothing. I mean, it is not stopping a thing. But I don't think this Auburn offense is anything to write home about, specifically the passing game. I don't think it's anything to write home about. It is probably one of the worst passing games in the SEC this year. Which this is just Hugh. This is Hugh. Hugh Freeze's first year. He really hasn't had time to get anyone in. So I think Auburn's just a work in progress. I think they might be able to expose this LSU defense in some form or fashions, but I don't think they'll be able to expose them enough to score enough points to outscore this LSU offense, which is run by Jaden Daniels, who is phenomenal. I'm so glad I was able to get him in my quarterback draft earlier in the season because he is putting up numbers. If if LSU had not have lost to Florida State or if they had not lost, man, I am blanking. I'm, I'm absolutely blanking. Who did LSU lose to in the SEC. They lost to Ole Miss. If if they wouldn't have lost to Ole Miss, if they would have found a way to win that um, Ole Miss game, I think Jaden Daniels would be up in the Heisman conversation because he's putting up, God, he's putting up so many numbers with his passing, with his rushing. And I'm, and I'm actually really impressed with how he's developed on his deep ball throws this year he has been on the money with throws to Malik neighbors throws to Brian Thomas jr I mean he has been lighting it up 
So if he hadn't had one of those two, one of those two, one of those two losses, I I think he would be up there in the Heisman conversation as well. But whenever your team loses, you unfortunately get dinged. No matter if it's the other side of the ball that cost you the game. So I'm. I hate to do this, but I'm probably going to put LSU pretty high here just because I think the road environment and that LSU offense is just going to be too much for Auburn. So we, unfortunately, will see the wrong Tigers win this weekend. Miami at North Carolina, the biggest game in the ACC this week, man. North Carolina, they have looked good. They've, they've looked really, really good. I was not necessarily a believer of them coming into the season. I just think that they had lost too much on the offensive side of the ball. I really didn't think that their defense was going to improve as much as it has. And I really was not a fan of them keeping Gene Chizik as a defensive coordinator. I really was not a fan of them bringing in Chip Lindsey as the offensive coordinator. But who am I to question? Mac Brown, one of the greatest college football coaches of the 21st century. So I've I've been really impressed with what North Carolina has been able to do this season. Looking at Miami, they've they were they started off the season really, really well. They were able to beat Texas AM at home in a shootout and really take advantage of that Texas AM secondary. Man, they played one of their worst games last week versus Georgia Tech. Five turnovers. That would be three picks for Tyler Van Dyke. And then, goodness gracious, that fumble. When all they had to do was take a couple knees at the end of the game, Cristobal did not want to take a knee. I just guess that's his personal philosophy, that he wants to run the ball. There was some speculation that they were wanting to get the running back over 100 yards for the game. And then with under uh, with under a minute left in the game and all they had to do was kneel, they run the ball and they fumble and they get beat by Georgia Tech, a team that has no business competing on the same field as the Hurricanes. But whenever you when whenever you whenever you mess around with the team that's as gritty as we know that Georgia Tech is this year, when you screw around with that team and you leave them opportunities and you give them time and time and time again, they are going to beat you in. Haynes King was able to connect with um, Christian Leary at the end of that game and embarrassed the Hurricanes at home last week. So they are having to bounce back and they're having to go on the road to North Carolina and arguably play their biggest game of the season. I think last week was kind of a look-ahead spot for Miami. But I think they're going to go on the road. I think they're going to put up a, a, a very valiant effort. But I don't think they're going to be able to get the job done. I think Drake May played out of his mind last week. I think they're going to be able to ride that wave into this week. I think this crowd's going to be super, super fun, super, super rowdy up there in Chapel Hill. And I think the North Carolina defense – is going to be the game changer in this one. I think they're going to make this Miami team kind of have flashbacks to last week. And I think they're going to cause maybe one or two turnovers that will be the difference 
in the game. So I'm going with UNC here. Probably put them in like four to three just because I think Miami's still a really good football team. They are still there. They have one of the better football teams that we've seen down there in the past couple of years. So they're still a really good football team. So I won't hedge all of my points against the Hurricanes, but I will put my points on the North Carolina Tar Heels to take care of business on Saturday, 7.30 p.m. night game. Give me the Tar Heels. Two teams coming off a loss in the SEC. East Missouri goes on the road to Lexington, Kentucky, to face the Kentucky Wildcats, who just got blown out by Georgia and honestly kind of kind of embarrassed by Georgia. Man, coming into this season, everyone thought that Devin Leary was going to be the truth because he played really good at NC State, but that just hasn't translated to his time at Kentucky this season. And it and it kind of worried me because Auburn really wanted him. And, I mean, I guess he would have been better than Peyton Thorne, but from what I've seen so far this season, not that much better. So I'll be really interested to see how Kentucky is able to bounce back versus Missouri at home. I, I, I can't wait to watch this game. I really cannot wait to watch this game. Because this could this this could be for who's able to compete for second with Tennessee in the SEC East. So I think this is just for your second to possibly third to fourth place game in the SEC East. Both of these teams are coming off losses, like I said. Can can Kentucky find any can they find any consistency on the offensive side of the ball? I really want to see if I want to see if Devin Leary can get hot, man. I want to see if he can just be able to find a little more accuracy, be able to really step up in the pocket and just be able to deliver those strikes that we know he can, but he just hasn't been able to do this season because I think sometimes his arm can be a, just a little bit too big for his own good and can we see this Kentucky running game that we saw that we saw versus Florida that was absent last week can we see it kind of be able to reemerge versus this Missouri defense and speaking of Missouri can we see them be able to bounce back go on the road off of what is well, what was a very heartbreaking loss to LSU they 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 still have all their hopes and dreams in front of them this season but can we see them go on the road? Can we see Brady Cook? Can we see Can we see Luther Burton? Can we see Weiss go on the road and keep up this offensive cons- consistency? I think we will, and I think we will see this Missouri defense kind of get back on to their high horse and be able to make a difference in this game. I'm picking Missouri here. I'm feeling them in like a three to two range here, but I will go with Missouri just because I think Kentucky has been just too, they've been too, too wishy-washy this season. And the only good performance that we've really seen from them this year was the Florida game. And that was a game where Florida on the road, like I've talked about earlier, 
They've just not been impressive on the road. They've been a completely different team on the road this year. So how much stock can we really put into that Kentucky win over Florida? I don't know how much we can, so I'm not putting a lot in it. So I will have to make Kentucky prove me wrong again before I can start to believe in them. So I will go Missouri Tigers, and I will put them low in the two to three range. Heading back out west to the Pac-12, there's another really, really good game between those kind of tier two teams out there. UCLA and Chip Kelly, Dante Moore, go on the road to play Jonathan Smith and DJ Uyagalele, former Clemson quarterback transfer to Oregon State. The Beavs, baby. The Beavs, I mean, they, they've looked good. They've really, really looked good since they have taken that loss. They were able to beat Utah pretty handily. They they did lose on the road to Washington State, man, but they just got down early in that game, and they had to fight and they had to claw their way back, which I don't think this offense is really made to do. I think this is going to be such a physical game. Goodness gracious, I think this is going to be such a physical game. But we have seen Dante Moore kind of struggle. He um, struggled when they went on the road to Utah. That entire offense struggled. That UCLA defense, though, they they're they're so solid, which which isn't really what you expect from a Chip Kelly team because everyone my age, whenever he was at Oregon, he was all about the offense. He was all about the offense. So so we think his teams are just full of offensive firepower, but that's really not what this UCLA team is. They have a young quarterback with a really solid defense. So I think they're gonna have to get a big performance out of out of Dante Moore here to win this game because they're going into Corvallis, which is a really, really tough environment to play. It's such a sneaky, tough environment to play. That, that, that fan base, goodness gracious, they love their beeves. And I can see why. Because this, because this Beavers team, man, they're fun to watch. They are gritty. They are coming at you. They have such a solid defense. They have such a solid running game, and I think that DJU is a great complement to what they're trying to do there. So here I'm going with the home team. I'm going Oregon State. Just I think they have the more experienced quarterback. I think they are going to be able to out-physical um, this UCLA offense, and I I think they're going to get the job done here. I'll probably put this game in the six to eight range, and I will ride the Oregon State Beavers at home. Last but not least, man, Southern Cal versus Notre Dame. This guy, this is really the start of such a tough stretch for Southern Cal, and they've not looked good. They've really not looked good, man. They've They've just had to squeak by a couple teams. They honestly should have lost to Arizona last week. They really, really should should have. And, and they've just let teams stick around and stick around. And I'm so disappointed in the way that Lincoln Riley has handled just the defensive side of the ball. He, like, he, he just doesn't seem serious about the defensive side of the ball. 
why he hasn't gotten rid of Alex Grinch. I mean, he's he has to be his he has to be a super good buddy. But they're gonna have to make a change. I don't think they're gonna make a change this this season. But going into the Big Ten next year, goodness gracious, if this defense is not immensely better, they're going to get pulverized. Absolutely pulverized with the teams that they have to play. And I think that Southern Cal is at a massive disadvantage in this game versus Notre Dame because, because Notre Dame's the more physical team. I mean, they're, they have such a physical defense. And even though we haven't seen it in the past week, especially when they went on the road to Louisville, I, th- I think that was just a really bad spot for the Irish. And goodness, these are two teams that are coming off both of their worst performances, both of their worst performances of the season. So who do we go with in this game? Two, two of the best quarterbacks in college football with Caleb Williams and Sam Hartman, but Notre Dame's looked worse every week that they've played their, their best game was in Ireland to start the season versus was it versus Northwestern? I believe, but I could totally be wrong. That was God. That that feels like such a long time ago. But they've gotten worse every game since the start of the season. But I just have no faith in this Southern Cal defense. None, none whatsoever. So I'm, I'm gonna ride with the home team. I think they're due up for a really good performance at home. So give me the Notre Dame Fighting Irish to be able to out-physical this Southern Cal team and hopefully make Lincoln Riley question what he is doing on the defensive side of the ball. Man, I had a great time breaking down these games with you and all of the picks and the placements where I'm going to have them. Hopefully, I can have a bounce-back week. And I can try to start climbing back up these rankings. I am, I am, I am not hopeful at all. But hey, you ha- you have to take it one game at a time. You have to take it one week at a time. We are going to Tuscaloosa next weekend to watch Alabama versus Tennessee, the third Saturday in October. We we already have our cigars ready, man. Because who whoever's winning, if it's Alabama or if it's Tennessee, you best believe. We're smoking them, and we're getting it all on video for you, man. I cannot wait to bring you these campus videos. It has been a dream of ours forever, and I am just so, so excited. But until then, and until next week, when we break down week eight and everything that happened in week seven, this was the Extra Point Podcast with the College Football Experience. We are the College Football Experience, and we will see y'all later. Thank you for watching, and have a great day.